Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. And this is what the scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 in the New Living Translation. Father, help us see, not with our natural sight, and help us hear, not just with our natural ears, but more importantly, help us and help our hearts imagine and begin to see vision of future, the future, the good future that you have in, for all of us. And let it not be for next year or next, you know, a few years from now. Let it begin today because your breakthrough is imminent. Your breakthrough is knocking on the door. Let it be seen today and let it manifest even this very moment in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to everyone, especially the first timer. By the way, if you're a first timer, uh, well, before I, I want you to do this. Why don't you greet one another and tell one another this? You have a bright future in God. Go ahead, greet several people. Greet maybe four, five people around you. Just say hi to them. Love on people. Shake their hand. Give them a high five, fist bump, beso, beso, whatever you want to do. And go ahead, you may sit down for now. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of God. Also, we want to say hi. Uh, Earl said hi to the people in Facebook and we want to say hi as well. But if you're around the area, don't hesitate to come visit and be in the same room with us. And uh, as I was saying a while ago, I want to greet those who are first time in this place. If you are a first timer, can you just shoot your hand up very quickly? There you go. Thank you so much. We want to, we just want to appreciate you. In fact, uh, before you go, we want to give you a gift. So if you haven't received anything yet, just continue to raise your hand. And hey, guess what? New Life the Fort, if you're around the people, you don't have to be a greeter. You don't have to be an usher. If you're around somebody that's a first timer, and you're not a first timer. Can you greet their hand? Greet their greet your neighbors. Greet their hand. I don't know why you want to greet their hand. Hey, hand. Thank you, Pastor Mitch, for pointing that out. Last week we were talking. Well, the past few weeks we've been talking about the importance of seeing, the importance of hearing, and in fact, we said it's like. Uh, um, Two sides of the same coin. It's important for us to have the eyes to see and ears to hear so that we may have the heart to understand the things that God is showing to us. In fact, the jumping point for us is, is uh, the scripture saying in the Old Testament, no eye has seen, no ear heard. And again, this is Old Testament. This is before Jesus died on the cross. Guess what? It's a done deal. He, is, he already finished the work. The veil is torn. There are certain things that God wants us to see. It says here, And no mind has imagined what God has, has prepared for those who love Him. We said that it is important for us to have natural sight, to have the ears to hear, because that's how we basically navigate our daily life. But what about navigating the future? You can't use your, your natural sight for it. We need something that is far higher. That is our supernatural sight, supernatural ears. 
And so that can't be done outside of the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you and for me as a believer. Now, who among, if I ask who among you, uh, you have a nice vision for your future. For yourself. For your family. You have a nice vision for your future. But if you allow the revelation of Jesus Christ to shape your future, I believe you will begin to see heaven on earth. If you allow the revelation of Jesus Christ to shape the future, the vision of your future, you will begin to see heaven on earth. Not just for you, but also the possibility of having and being a testimony of what it's like, what it's like to live heaven on earth. What do we mean, what does the scripture mean when it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard? And what do, we, what do we try to say? The scripture here is declaring in the New Testament that God wants to reveal these things to you. He's not trying to hide things uh, from us. But in fact, he hides, hides things for us. So that at the right moment, at the right season, at the right time, he may, he may unveil these things to you so that, and also He will not reveal something to you without giving you the provision and the strength to step into it. Okay? He will not reveal to you the future that you have without also giving you the provision and the strength and the desire to step into that which He is showing you and me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, as we continue reading on this track, we read verse 9, Let's continue reading to verse 10 and 12. What is he saying? But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Remember it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor mind has imagined the things God has prepared for them. But it's saying now, but God revealed it to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except, well, the Spirit of God. Now we have received. Somebody say, now we have received. Oh, somebody needs to declare that with boldness. Now I have received. I don't know what you need to receive. But it's good to receive it now. Now we have received not the spirit of the world as we continue here, but the spirit who is from God. And this is the best part I like. Okay? We have re received the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Do you know it's good to enjoy the things that are given to us? Especially if they're given for free. Who among you like free stuff? I know there's more. There's more of you who like free stuff. You know, um, I remember there will be times in the groceries where, you know, there's free taste. Have you, among you come across free taste? And even though you're done crossing that aisle, you want to make sure you pass by again. Just say, Miss Isapa, because <laughs> you like free stuff. I was sharing a while ago, a friend of ours, this is a couple of years back. He said he received a GC. He was given a GC and it was for, uh, you know, uh, anybody like getting gift certificates? For free, you know, malapit ng Christmas, diba? Praise the Lord. You 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 receive GCs and and GC the the Jesus said you get a uh, free food buffet. Now who among you like buffet? And I think it's like, if we're not mistaken, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I don't know if you can eat buffet just just one whole day. 
of not eating. Okay? But anyway, people like buffet, especially if it's free. Praise the Lord. Right? Hallelujah. God is good. <laughs> but anyway, he got that. And it says there, it's like for five days. It's like for a week. Wow. I, know if, I don't know if you'd still be alive eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, buffet for five days. And then Jesus came. So I think a week after or so, they met again, the person that gave them. Uh, said, hey, did you enjoy, did you enjoy the, the food? Said, oh, yes, wonderful. I really enjoyed it. And he, he went on to just to say, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate that. And then the guy goes, well, uh, what about, did you, stay, did you enjoy the rooms? He said, um, what room? Because this thing is in a hotel, right? He said, well, you, you, you went for the buffet, but the GC included the stay in the hotel for five days. He's like, What? I didn't know. I was just stuffing my face. I didn't know I can live there and eat. That's the best. <laughs> free home and free food. Right? And some of us, we go through life enjoying some of the things God has given to us, but there's more. Somebody say, there's more. Who among you would like to receive the things that you don't even know yet? It's yours. Because it says here, so that we can know the things that have been freely given to us. You will not be bold to say that's mine unless you know it's yours. There may be certain victories that it's supposed to be yours, but you didn't know. Well, I'm telling you right now, God has freely given things to you to enjoy. Right? To enjoy. But how does He reveal? That's the question now. How does he reveal it to you? Does he send a note? Does he send a text to you? This is yours for now. Because that's, that's the tricky part. We want to we wanna know. We want to hear. But he gives us, the Bible says, he shows us through the Spirit of God. Now, this is what the Bible says in regards to the Spirit speaking to you. When Jesus was about to go to the cross, he said to his disciples, there's a lot of things I want to tell you, but you won't be able to take it. Okay, that you can't understand all of it. You won't be able to absorb. You won't be able to understand all the things I want to share with you. But guess what? Don't worry. I will send another helper that's just like me. Right? He is exactly like me. Right? He has the power. He has the, he has the you know, what, whatever I have, he is. And he will, he will show you things to come. That's good. In fact, it goes, you know... Let's read it in the, in the voice translation. This is what he said. In John chapter 16, verse 12 to 15, I like the way it's worded here. It says, I have so much more to say to you, but you cannot absorb it right now. And then it says, The Spirit of truth will come and guide you into all truth. He will not speak His own words to you. He will speak what He hears. Somebody says, somebody say, what He hears. Okay. So the Spirit will only speak what He hears, revealing to you the things to come and bring glory to me. The Spirit has unlimited access to me, to all that I possess and know, just as everything the Father has is mine. So whatever the Father has, He has handed it over to Jesus Christ, and now Jesus Christ is giving full access to the Spirit so that whatever He has, the Spirit will begin to reveal that to you. That's what it's saying here. 
That is the reason I'm confident He will care for my own and reveal the path to you. And what is the Spirit revealing? All the things that are freely given to you in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and I like that because it says, whatever He hears. Do you know that's exactly how Jesus was operating on the earth? He would only do and He would only demonstrate and He would only speak of the things that He hears the Father saying. There's something about hearing that gives you access to the things that is available for you in heaven. In fact, the beginning of this uh, whole scripture that we just read, the things that you hear from God are things that is revealed to you in the spirit of wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Now who among you wants to be wise? Now I know in, in, Philipp in the Philippines, you know, there are people na wise. Wise. That's a little different than being wise. It's mean, it means you're kind of sneaky or, you know, uh, you have other ways. You have other means. Wise ka talaga. Right? But there's, there's wisdom that comes from above. And that's what we want to step into. We want, I, I want us to have wisdom for the breakthrough. Okay? I want us to have, because we believe breakthrough. But we need wisdom for the breakthrough so that the breakthrough is not just, when you have the breakthrough, it's not a momentary thing. We have the ability to maintain what we have broken through. We have the ability to maintain and keep going in that direction. Okay, so we want, like people want to have the one time, big time. Right, I, you know, we've heard that term before, you know, I want one time, big time. Like, maybe not in this church, because I'm sure you don't do that. But people want to have that one time, big time in the loto. Right, and they're praying to God, Lord, give me wisdom. Just six numbers, Lord. Just six numbers. Lord, you want to reveal it in your word? Sige, Lord. In your word. Lord, give me a number. Okay, sulat mo to. Lord, another number, Lord. And you do that six times. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. Because a lot of people, somebody might win or a group of people might win that. But if they don't have wisdom, as has been demonstrated many times over, what, was, what they receive, can, they cannot maintain and they might even end up uh, in a darker place than where they are now. Because we need wisdom. We need wisdom for the breakthrough. Amen? And you know what the Bible says, uh, what the Spirit is revealing to us? Let's read verse 6. This is what verse 6 says. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. Just listen. I don't know if it's there, but, but, but listen here. Before we read verse 9, 10, 11, 12, this is what it's saying. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So there's wisdom that's being imparted to you, but the specific wisdom that you need, you hear from God. We can speak to you the wisdom that, that emanates from the Word of God, 
but He can speak directly to your heart which you need to incline your ears towards so that you will have what you need for your situation. Each and every person here, you have a situation. And by the way, you don't need to have a problem to need wisdom. Okay? By the time, if you wait for a problem to have wisdom, you need a miracle. But wisdom is not just for once in a while. It's for every day. In fact, maybe the, the, the best use for wisdom is not just for yourself, but perhaps for the people around you. What happens to a person who has sensitive hearing towards the things of God? You call that person wise. Now, who's the wisest person that we consider in the Old Testament? Anybody remember? See Solomon. See Solomon, right? Well, let's visit the scripture and what it says about Solomon and how he ended up being the wisest person that ever lived uh, during his time and maybe even beyond his time. In 1 Kings chapter 3, it would say that Solomon was a young man, maybe even a kid, and he was recently crowned the king of Israel. And the Bible says that he loved the Lord, that he followed the statutes and the laws of his father, David. In fact, he loved the Lord so much, even as a kid, that God shows up to him in a dream. And in the dream, this is what God says. Can you imagine this? 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? What shall I give you? Can you imagine? I don't know what you will ask. If God suddenly shows up to you, do you have something that you'll ask of Him? <laughs> Some of you are thinking, and I can understand the, the, where we can go, Lord, I need more of you. I need more of you, Lord, Lord. And then suddenly he shows up and goes, uh, what do you want me to do for you? And you go, um, 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 six numbers, Lord. Because <laughs> we can say that, but it's not really as solid as we want. But it's, it's interesting how Solomon, even as a kid, responded to this question. And this is what he said. It's kind of lengthy. He said this. And King Solomon, and Solomon said, remember, he was just asked, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon goes, as you have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. Now, Lord, O God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I don't know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen. A great people. Too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, this is what he wanted to say. Okay. He said all of that as an introduction to what he really wants. He said, therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Then the Bible says, the speech, it didn't say what he said. It was a whole speech. Okay? He prepared a speech. So he probably went to training. Uh, <laughs> he said, what he said pleased the Lord. I like that. 
I don't know how many of us, when God, if God shows up to us and asks, what do you want? I don't know if it will be pleasing. You know what's interesting? He asked for an, an, an understanding heart. Can you say that three times very fast? An understanding. Under, never mind. Let's just say this. A hearing heart. Do you remember? I don't know if you're, you remember last week we were talking about Shema. It's hearing. In fact, uh, it does not just mean to hear, but also it's to listen and obey. That's what it means. That's, that's the word that's used here. Lord, give me a Shema heart. A heart that wants to hear, to listen, and to obey. Not for himself. He says, because of the people that you have given me. I want to do the right thing. And that, when he said that, the Bible says that God was, was pleased with what he asked. Do you know that the higher way of living, and we can say the higher way of loving, is not when it's directed towards you. But when you direct it towards other people, then your scope, your influence, and what you need will be given you and more besides because you're not thinking of yourself. In fact, God says that because you're not, you didn't ask for yourself. What did God say? Because God had a response to what Solomon said. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. God said to him, because you have asked this thing, and not have asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. Pause there for a bit. Do you remember that last week, uh, our jump off point, the scripture that we read was Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was asked, Jeremiah, what do you see? And then Jeremiah responded. And then God said, you have seen well, for I am ready to what? Perform my word. Of course, God said it and he will perform what he said. But in this point here, let's read that again. He said, behold, I have done according to your words. And then he says, see. I don't know what type of relationship you need to have with God when what you say, he performs. I think what can happen is that your heart is so close to what God's, uh, to, to God's heart that you begin to utter the things that he wants for you and it becomes your words and he says, I'm ready to perform your word. I have done according to your word. Now begin to see it. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So that, and, and, and it goes beyond. So that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. You are one of a kind. You are unique. Look at the person beside you and tell them, you are unique. Say, praise God. 
You know what that means? When Solomon asks for a hearing heart, God interprets that as wisdom. That's why now we say Solomon is actually the wisest man uh, outside of Jesus Christ that has ever lived. That's very interesting. That God, he asks for a hearing heart and he receives wisdom. Do you know, going to the New Testament now, we said that a while ago, that Jesus Christ did not come in his own glory, in his own, you know, he set all of that aside. In fact, he came here to teach us what it means to be a child of God. And a child of God is one who looks towards his father and begins to hear and incline his ears towards what God is saying. This is what John chapter 5 verse 30 would say. And this is Jesus speaking. Can you imagine? This is already Jesus. The Son of God. The one who created all things. The Bible says there was nothing that was created outside of, of Him. And this is what He said. I can do nothing of my own initiative or authority. Just as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. It's, it's fair. It's righteous. It's unbiased. Because... I do not seek my own will, but only the will of him who sent me. Solomon did not seek his own will or his own prophet. He was seeking the prophet of the nation that God has uh, uh, given to him as a steward. But Jesus said, I'm not seeking my own will. I just want to perform. I just want to do the will of the Father. I believe if we desire to have hearing ears, that will translate to you having wisdom. Anybody interested in having wisdom? Let's have hearing hearts. A hearing heart is one who has great wisdom. You know the opposite of somebody who has a hearing heart? We can say this. The opposite of one who has a hearing heart is one who has a, a foolish heart. Remember foolish heart? Foolish heart. But what does the Bible say? I know, I know there's a lot of things we can say about somebody who is a fool. Right? Fool. And it has many different manifestations. But the root of a fool is in Psalm chapter, Proverbs chapter, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. And this is what it says. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So a fool, a real fool is one who does not even acknowledge God himself. Much less listening or hearing or seeing something that he's showing. He has determined, he has said in his heart. Now, we can have people pretend to come to church, raise their hand, say brother, say sister. And we can, you know, we can only judge according to what we see and whatever, right? You know, in regards to other people. We take them as, you know, whatever they say. We give them the benefit of the Tao. Sabi nila eh, ganun Tao. Right? Benefit of the Tao po yun. But anyway, um, so, so we give them that. But it's only God who sees the hearts, di ba? But a fool would say in his heart, there is no God. But I pray that you and I, we are not in that category. In fact, if we can have an opposite of somebody who is a fool, 
is that somebody who has the fear of the Lord. Have you ever heard that term, the fear of the Lord? You know what the Bible says about the fear of the Lord? It says this in Proverbs uh, chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, I'd like to have wisdom. But um, how do you reconcile the fear of the Lord from getting wisdom? Because um, when you tell me about fear, it's something I don't want to approach. Is this true? I think we have to have a better understanding of what it means to have a healthy fear of the Lord. Okay? Because right now we're not living in the Old Testament, we're living in the New Testament. The fear of the Lord does not mean be afraid of God. Because if you're afraid of God, who is the wisdom personified, then you won't receive because you don't want to draw near. You don't want to go there. Right? I believe, I think we can read this in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation would say um, about wisdom, about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Let me, let me read that here. Is that the starting point in, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 in the Passion Plan Translation? The starting point of acquiring wisdom is to be consumed in awe as you worship Jehovah God. To receive the revelation of the Holy One, you must come to the one who is who has living understanding. So it didn't say, it didn't use the words fear of the Lord. But to have awe and reverence. You know, uh, uh, there's a minister who said there are two types of uh, fear of God. One is that you are afraid of God. You don't want to draw near. Especially if you know you've done something wrong. This is, this is exactly how Adam and Eve responded. When they heard God uh, walking in the garden, they hid themselves because they were afraid. That's what they said. They were afraid of God. But... You're no, longer, uh, you're no longer in a category where you're condemned by God, right? You are the righteousness of God. We don't have to be afraid of God. In fact, um, if, you, if you are afraid of God, you, you don't want to be near God. I remember the Israelites uh, when, when God wanted to speak to the people of Israel. Now, the scenario is this. They just left Egypt and, you know, it was a wonderful miracle. God saved them. The Red Sea opened and whatever. And then God wants to speak to them and invited them to come, come to Him. But there was lightning. There was dark clouds. You know, the, the mountain was shaking. And they were afraid. So what they said was, Moses, you know, we're, we're scared. Why don't you go on ahead? Why don't you meet God? Because we're afraid. That's what happens when you're afraid. You don't want to go near. But there's a different spirit with Moses. He understood God is not in all of these things. So he was, he was drawn towards God. In fact, he was bold enough to ask God, I want to see your glory. See, if you understand that God is good, you want more. This is what happened to Moses. How do you get... How do you get wisdom from God if you don't even want to go near? Because wisdom from God is derived from the intimacy that you have from Him, with Him. Now, Moses wanted to be so close with God and he said, um, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. What did God say? Let's look at the scripture. What did God say to that? How did God respond? 
Exodus chapter 33, verse 18 to 20, he said, Please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make my goodness. Somebody say goodness. I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion to whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall, shall see me and live. So God understood that, you know, it's not yet time for you to be that intimate with me. Because if you see my face, you have, it's, you know, you will die. Now, I know when we have babies, we like to, pay, we like to play that, you know, peekaboo, peekaboo, peekaboo. And I don't know if you've done a peekaboo and a baby died. There's something wrong there, right? And, and I can just imagine if God, you know, Moses, hello, <laughs> dead. Okay? But see, there was, there, was, there was a different understanding between the people of Israel and Moses in regards to who God is. The Bible says, and God let his goodness pass by. Do you know what it says about the goodness of God? The goodness of God will draw you close to him. The Bible says, the goodness of God will lead people to repentance. What does that mean? Because you know he is good. Now, listen very closely. What religion would say is that you're not enough. There's something wrong with you. Therefore, you fix yourself. And then when you feel like you're right with God, that's the only time you can approach him from a distance. Remember that song? From a distance. <laughs> I tell you the truth. That's what we sang when we were graduating in high school. God is watching from a distance. I don't know how anyone can be stirred with that. Oh Lord, I know you're watching. Pero malayo ka. God does not. God does not want you to be to be to be uh, apart from Him. He wants you close. That's why He shows you His goodness. And when you realize that He is so good, you want to know more. And when you find out that you can be so close with God, then He reveals to you things that He wants in your life. You know what, what that is? Wisdom. He reveals to you wisdom. What is wisdom anyway? Well, it has, you can just go to Google or dictionary to, this, to find out the definition of wisdom. But this is how we'll define it. Wisdom is the application of the things that you know and the the, the, the stored knowledge and the gained understanding into practical, actionable steps. Did you get that? Because I didn't get it. I was like, what? Let's repeat that. Wisdom is the application of stored knowledge and gained understanding into practical, actionable steps that will produce the desired result. Because if, if it's not the desired result, then why, why are we doing it? Who among you have situations in your life that you want to be turned around? And I know what it's like when, when there are times in your life that you're going through something and you've been thinking your brains out. And you can't think of any solution until the peace of God and the, and the wisdom from God <laughs> is what you receive. You can receive it anytime. Maybe you're... Your quiet time, maybe you're reading the word of God, maybe here in this scenario here, maybe you're worshiping God, but suddenly, almost out of nowhere, then you say, oh, I don't know what to do. And you know it's not from you. This is the wisdom of God. But where do you get that? 
it is only through the intimacy with him. Oh, the wisdom of God is powerful. It's a powerful force. Do you know how powerful the wisdom of God is? This is what the Bible says about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, the Bible says this in Proverbs. Wisdom is the principal thing. That's interesting. What, what is principle? Oh, I know what a principle is. I went to the principle often in high school. It didn't look like wisdom. <laughs> the principal thing, it, it simply means it is first in rank and in order. It is the chief. Wisdom is the principal thing. Let's, let's go there. It's, it's, in he, uh, it's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. It is first in rank. In fact, the word principle is the same word that you'll find in the beginning. In the beginning. Do you know that the Bible says wisdom? Through wisdom, everything. The wisdom is the foundation of all creation. That's an interesting thing. Now, who among you would like to see creative miracles happen in your life? You know, the foundation of that is wisdom. The, the, the sound footing. The, the, you're grounded in wisdom. The safe and secure footing that you have, the foundation is wisdom so that you can be creative. What does that mean? In fact, let's go to scripture here. In Proverbs chapter... Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. Let's just read it out because I think God is trying to show you something here. Let me step away from this. There are people that you want to begin a new enterprise. Perhaps a new venture, a new business. You want to step out. And it's been being stirred up in your heart but you have no idea what, where, when, or where you're even going to get the finances for it. Who among you can relate? There are people that you have in your heart. There's, there's something that God is stirring up in your heart to step into a business, an enterprise, a new venture, a new partnership, a new idea, an invention, whatever it is, a new design, a new system. A new corporation, God has been stirring you up to step out into that, but you don't quite yet figure out, have figured out how all of these things will come to pass. Well, guess what? The starting point is get wisdom. Get wisdom. The foundation of your creative juices being stirred is wisdom. And this is what the Bible says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heaven. If you have wisdom, it is wisdom that gives you the ability to begin to step out and create. Ooh. What does Deuteronomy say? It says, God, don't forget that it is God who gives you the power to make wealth. Now I know if I ask who among you would like to have wealth. Well, there you go. Some of you are honest. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, konti lang, Lord. Six numbers lang. But the Bible says wisdom is better than silver and gold and better than anything else the world can offer. Because it will give you far more. Do you know that when Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave him things he didn't ask for. 
Because with wisdom, you get everything else. If you go for wisdom, wisdom is a principal thing. Wisdom is the first in rank, in order, in, 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 it's just, it is chief of all. Okay? So that if you get wisdom, it is wisdom that creates everything else. A lot of people, they want the created thing. But God is offering you the one that creates. If you were given a choice, say, if I ask anybody, would anybody be interested in getting a car? Yes, of course. Some with more passion than others. But if you're given a choice between getting a car or a factory of a car. Magastos pastor yung factory? Daming sesuelduhan. Too many things to... Just car na lang, Lord. That's fine because it's... But God is stretching your imagination. Not to be, to be limited in something, but be able to receive what God has. It's far bigger. So wisdom is the principal thing. God wants to give you that's, that which will give you the power to get wealth and everything besides. What are we trying to say here? If God was so pleased with Solomon that he asked for wisdom, not for himself. And then God said, in fact, I want to read that part. What did God say? 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, as we wind down. 1 Kings chapter 3, 4, uh, 13 to 14. This is what God said. Remember, he said, um, I'm, I'm giving you according to what you said. See, I have given you an understanding heart, a wise and understanding heart. And, the, and he continues, he says, And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statute and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So he receives riches and honor, but he also receives Length of days. Now in Proverbs, the Bible says, if you receive riches, if you receive wisdom, then you will receive riches and honor and length of days. People want those. People, people do crazy things just so they can have length of days. But you know, all of that can be found in one person. Now, the Bible says this. We read a while ago. That the things that we're speaking to you, we're speaking to you wisdom, mysteries. The end of that line is this. That if they had known who Jesus was, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It was talking about wisdom, but they didn't have, they understood scripture. They understood all of the prophetic word, but they didn't have wisdom. And it goes back to the crucified Jesus Christ. Because the wisdom that we need is hid in the simplicity of what Jesus has done. We can read all the books in the world. We can do all these things. But my friends, what Jesus always, what God always leads us towards is to find the simplicity in Christ Jesus. You know what the Bible says about wisdom? 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, what would it say? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. That Jesus Christ has become for us. Can you show that? But of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. Anybody, you're in Christ Jesus? Who have become for us, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's an interesting thing. I thought, you know, we can always say, you know, I've been made righteous by God. I've been sanctified. I've been redeemed. But you know what comes first? Because it is the principal thing. Because it is first in rank and in order, wisdom. Even the Bible says that the, the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Jesus Christ, when, when He was found in the temple, the Bible says that He grew in wisdom and stature. Statue? Statue? Stature. <laughs> he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Wisdom comes first. Do you want to see the future that God has prepared for you come to manifestation? get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is hid in the person of Jesus Christ. Just like, just like Solomon, he received everything. He asked for wisdom and he received everything else. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 32. That God, the Father, did not spare His own Son. Why will He with Him why, sh why should He not with Him freely give us all things? Translation, if you have Jesus Christ, it is inevitable and impossible for you not to receive everything else because in Christ, you have everything that you didn't even ask for. Amen? Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? I don't know what you're seeking from God if you're here. But if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not just seeking long life. You're not just seeking a way out of your situation. You're not just seeking provision for your lack. The starting point of receiving wisdom is surrender. It's surrender to the person of Jesus Christ and to receive and believe that He died for you. That He gave His life. So that you don't have to die to keep trying. But you can live because He already gave you the life. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I implore you, I ask you to receive Him today. Or maybe you have given your life to Jesus Christ before, but somehow you lost your path, you lost your way, and you diverted from the path. Well, let me tell you this. You may feel like you're lost, but you have never lost God because you can never be separated from His love. I ask you to recommit your life today to the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to count to three. And when you hear me say three, and if this is you, whether you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time or you're recommitting your life, I want you to lift your hands 
Don't think about the people around you. This is between you and God. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Go ahead and lift your hands. If this is you, lift your hands. I see some hands being lifted up. There you go. This is between you and God. Remember that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, if you're lifting your hands, I want, to, I want you to pray the prayer I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray it slowly so you can follow. And I'm going to ask people around you to pray with you. Are you ready? Say this. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Because by your wisdom, by your wisdom you has, you've sent your son, you sent your son to, die for me. to die for me. And because of what he has finished on the cross, I have been made free. Free from all my mistakes in the past. From all my sin. They have all been washed away by His blood. And I stand here new. I stand here sanctified. And righteous before you. Because of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifetheford.com.